Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adam. Hey, John. How's it going? It's good to be here. <laughs> it's good to be here with you, too, man, in this beautiful spring day. I know. It's quite amazing. It's yeah. very refreshing. It's almost like 80 degrees outside. Just went on a nice bike ride. It's been just beautiful. Now, Memphis, you know, you never know. It could be 20 degrees and snowing next week. Right. There's always that yeah. fake spring before the real one starts. Changes but in 24 hours. It's, yeah, just excited, man. It's just the season starts to change. Everything starts to pop and bloom. It just reminds me of Easter and the renewal of, of everything in our faith and where we should be coming into that renewal as we travel on the Passion with Christ here in the next few weeks and just excited for all of that. But you know, before we get started here, I want to say thank you again to, to Covenant Eyes, our sponsor here for the show and for The Narrow Road. Uh, a lot of guys, as we know, struggle with uh, lust and, and pornography and impurity of self. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you, if you leave it to yourself to, to, to try to beat this back in your life without any sort of help, then you're going to wind up on... The wrong side of it is a lot of us have, and a lot of guys have shared here that they've tried to do it on their own. One, you need accountability. That's what Covenant Eyes does. Once, you know, it gives you accountability with everything you're looking at and all your devices. You know, you can have an accountability partner, whether that's, you know, your wife or a friend or, or somebody you trust. So it's going to help you not only keep yourself accountable, but it's going to also provide security measures for your house, you know, so that you know all these devices and things that kids have now, you can put it on all of them and know that your children aren't seeing things that they're supposed to see. And if they do happen upon something, then you'll be alerted about it. Mm-hmm. So it's really great. I mean, and as we're going through the narrow road and everything that we're doing on this show, talking about trying to walk away from vice into virtue, um, and we're journeying through this this journey down the narrow road, you know, we don't need to let sexual sin become an impediment to our growth. So get Covenant Eyes today if you're struggling with that. You can do so by going to start.covenanteyes.com slash pew. So you can go there. I also want to say thank you and welcome to the new patrons we have. Uh, John, Rick, Matt, another Matt, and Michael. Thank you for joining. Uh, those guys signed up on the narrow road level. We've had some other folks sign up on different levels too. Uh, in the last few weeks, and we thank you for that. Every bit of that support, whether you're subscribing to the Near Road or whether you're just donating to the ministry, um, it's it's helping what we're doing. It's allowing us to continue to do the things that we're trying to do. You know, get office space and get more equipment and continue to add courses and things like that that help you along your journey. So thank you for every bit of that. You can sign up to become a patron at justagainthepew.com slash support. Or you can go to uh, www.patreon.com slash pew ministries and you can sign up there. And look, you don't just help support the ministry with all that stuff. You also get to use this as an evangelization tool. You know, I had a guy tell me the other day that he's been wearing the, the fishing shirt and it's a great conversation starter. And people ask, what is that? And he gets to talk to them about what we're doing and and shows people, you know, the show and, and guys start listening to episodes that that maybe they're struggling with something that we talked about in those episodes. So you guys really get to use this show as a uh, means and a mode of evangelization. So please do that. Um, also, if you are interested in the narrow road, next month, April, is going to be on the virtue of humility. 
I've had so many guys reach out and say, man, this has been an amazing journey the first month out. I feel closer to God. I, me and my wife and I have experienced some some things lately. I've given her time that we haven't been able to have together. My children, you know, that's the week we're on now. A guy today texted, man, I've already done two or three things for my kids that I never do. And so this is really helping guys become better in their life and walk towards that, that virtue and that holiness that we wanted. So if you uh, are interested, you can sign up for the narrow road at justagownthepew.com. Do it by the end of today because today is the 22nd and you're going to need to sign up today to get it shipped to you. So mm-hmm. you can do that again at justagownthepew.com and then click narrow road and you'll be all good to go. So now today, as I was thinking about the show topic, you know, I, I told the guys on a patron hangout last month that they should see me. I get all neurotic like hours before the show because a lot of times like I'm, I'm drawing a blank, you know, and then all of a sudden the Lord will just present something and I'll go, okay, we'll talk about that and then start building it. Well, today was no different. You know, I was on a, on, on, I was on a text or a conversation with a friend of mine and he was just really talking about, you know, all the things he had going on in his life. He's got a couple different jobs and just how overcommitted he was in some areas. And I know that I've felt that in my life before uh, when I first started ministry. You know, it's like when you're the one guy in the parish that kind of starts doing something, not the one guy, but a guy, a new guy that steps up to do something. All of a sudden, everybody's like, wait a minute. He said yes. And then, (laughs) you know, the school board's coming to you, the the financial board's coming to you, the Knights of Columbus, the Boy Scouts, the coaching stuff, you know, everybody's going, you said yes, say yes again and again and again and again. Right, we got him once. Maybe we'll get him again. It's fresh meat, well, and it's not a bad thing. Happened to me, yeah, right? right. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Right. It's just a lack of men that sure. that are that are really stepping up in the church a lot of times, and uh, in, in offering you know um, to serve in different ways. Well, there's also that void that a lot of our like our, our father's generation who did do a lot of that stuff, and they were tired. They moved away or whatever, or they just kind of like condensed their time to do what they want to. And now there's not enough people to have that volunteer. And there's a small pool of people they call on continuously who are the tr- saints of the church, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. And the thing is, like, it's it's not always just even parish, like, service stuff. You know, sometimes it's everything I'm trying to do in my spiritual life. You know, uh, we started Exodus 90. And then I was also doing, you know, the Bible and the catechism in a year, nightly thing. And then Father Mike Smith came out with this podcast that everybody and their brother's like, you got to be doing this. Mm-hmm. And so I started trying to do that. And then I had, you know, the podcast and the interviews and conferences and all these different things. Then I was committing to so much that it just, it just was overwhelming, right? And and it it caused me to to really lose time with my kids and my wife, all that sort of stuff. I remember in the beginning of ministry, man, it was like here even in the diocese, it's hey, come to St. Leo's lunch. Hey, go to Fishers of Men. Go do your thing on Wednesday night. Come to our Corsillo group. Come to this. And and I, we're, we're all glad to be invited to something. If we're not careful about what we pick and choose and say yes to, then we're going to be running around like a chicken with our head cut off. Everything's going to be out of order. And we're going to say yes to too many things. And when we do that, there's a lot that happens in our life. There's a lot of stress, a lot of other things. The first thing I would say that happens when we say yes to too many things is, you know, we become anxious, you know, we lose our peace, honestly, is what happens. And, you know, there's a, there's a a story in the Old Testament of Moses and Jethro, and I don't mean the Beverly Hillbillies, I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jethro is father-in-law, but there's a story of how Jethro was there one day and Moses sat there and was judging these issues that all these different people in, in, you know, Israel had, the people that were following him. And he, because he was sort of the, he was the prophet, he was God's, you know, mouthpiece to the people 
that everyone came before him to say, well, this happened and what's your, what's your ruling? You know, what does God say? What does he want us to do? And so Jethro witnessed him all day long, like sitting there, spending all his time judging these cases. And so he came to him and he said, Moses, what are you doing? Like you're sitting here all day long and this is stealing your peace. It's taking all your time. You're not available for other things you need to be available for basically. And it's stealing the peace of all the people that you're judging this stuff for because they're waiting, you know, their, their stuff isn't being taken care of because they're in this long line of people. Why not get other people to do some of this for you, to help you, which is going to free you up for the larger things that you need and the larger issues that can't be resolved by someone else can be brought to you. And you can be doing the things that you need to be doing. And, you know, a lot of times in our life, he even says in that verse, he says, you're losing your peace and the people that are with you are losing their peace. And I think that's one of the main things this does because we become anxious. You know, we're consumed with all the things we have to do and how little time that we have left over. You know, how many times in a regular day do you sit there and go, well, I got to do this, 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 mm-hmm. this, this. And I, I just hope I have time at the end to do this one thing I want to do because a lot of times we're serving other people, right? Our children, our wives, our, you know, maybe our parish, our jobs. And, and we're hoping and you're so anxious because there's not going to be any time for anything else. Then you start looking at things like, like being how stressed out you are, trying to figure out how we're going to keep all the balls in the air that we're, that we're juggling, right? Again, my peace is being stolen because I'm sitting here going, I have signed up for way too much. And we've all had that feeling, right? You've maybe had a come to Jesus moment at a conference or, you know, maybe just something happened in your life. And you're saying, you know, I gotta, I gotta turn my life around. I gotta change. I gotta get involved in that. We think that Following Christ means we got to go make this checklist of a million things we're going to do, or we're not worthy, or we're not, you know, we're not living the way we should be, or we're not good as as good as somebody else. And we we overwhelm ourselves and we stress ourselves out, and we're not really good at anything, right? Because we're trying to be something to everybody, and we're not really anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you you kind of went on something there too, and I don't. I'm hope I'm not jumping ahead of what you have. If you, you are, know, I'll throw set. something at you. That's right. You'll <laughs> distract me. <laughs> But even even this, you know, when they chose Stephen, right, as the to replace Judas, sure, you know, they had to kind of come to, together, meeting as to what we need to do to help out this growing population of people and the believers. And so they appointed deacons, right? And the deacons were allowed to help, you know, the the poor, the fortunate, the widows, the orphans, and so forth like that, because disciples were more maintained on evangelization, right, spreading the gospel and so forth. Because if you, if if they allowed the smallest things, even though they love to do, I'm sure. The smallest, I'm reading into gospel again. Sure, you know, yeah. But I'm sure they didn't mind doing the smallest things. But then the thing is, they couldn't really follow the will because they were tied up in small matters, right? Yeah. And so, therefore, you know, the body of Christ has many people who are very capable throughout this world who can do many gifts that can do yeah. stuff out there. And I think the thing is, what you're talking about is that a lot of people are overcommitted because they see a need because mm-hmm. other people aren't hearing their gift or not working in their gift in the church. Sure. There we we know this very well that a lot of parishes are empty in a sense, mm-hmm. right? Um COVID has kind of put a pause on that, right? But overcommitted is those things where we try to do everything we can to to revitalize the parish, right? Yeah. And we just need to find a way for God to come in and and revitalize it to other people who who need God to come back in and to kind of work it for them. Yeah. I mean, does it make sense what I'm yeah, saying? No, yeah, no, yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, it's the 80-20 rule, right? right? Like, it's just, eight, you know, 20% of the people do 80% of the work in parishes. It's usually that way. You know, you have that group of people that's always, they're going to wipe the pews down after masses. Sure. They're going to 
clean the altar. They're going to make sure the flowers are right. They're going to make sure that, you know, the fish is cooked on the fish fries. I mean, there's, there's usually that group of people that's, that's always going to show up to everything. And, and, you know, and that's not a bad thing, but what it does is it, it tells us that like, well, that's got to be done and I'll have to do it because nobody else will do it. And then honestly, what you're doing is what you're saying a second ago is like you're robbing the opportunity of somebody else that mm-hmm. may be more gifted in something than yeah. you are. And you're just trying to plug a hole instead in taking up a spot that maybe somebody else would have wanted. That's not a bad thing to want to help. But what happens is you're you're you become enslaved to your schedules, right? Because now you're you had the things you were doing, but now here's this other need. Now I gotta go do that. And now all of a sudden our days are packed and we have no freedom anymore, right? Because we're enslaved to our schedules, right? I've got to do this, 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 this. And and so many things, you know, get taken away. Your time for prayer, your, you know, time with your children, your I mean, I can remember in the beginning I told Angela, I gotta do this, Angela. God's mm-hmm. calling me to this. And she's like, No, God's calling you to be here with your kids and me. You know, and while you're out there saving the world, we're here sending, you know, fending for ourselves. And that's what happens a lot is we get so on fire for the Lord that we want to go out and do these things because it's almost like in my case, you know, I was trying to make up and make amends for all the wrongs I'd had instead of saying, no, God's forgiven me for that. Mm-hmm. And now I need to go and ask him what he what he wants of me, not just go do everything because I'm trying to earn my way into heaven. Right. It's 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 I, I well, need a desire to give back. Sure. To the graces he's given you. Yeah. yeah. Right. But it can be it can quickly become sure. overreactive, you know, and, and we become overcommitted. So, and then we also start feeling guilt. Like when you say yes to everything, you start feeling very guilty when you say no, right? Like that guilt that just leaves you alone and you convince yourselves that you're letting somebody down, mm-hmm. right? Like if I don't do this, so-and-so is going to be there by himself. And so I'm going to get up at five in the morning and go make sure that, you know, everything's ready for the food line for St. Vincent de Paul or whatever, you know, and we start saying yes to everything. And then that guilt becomes almost paralyzing, right? Where next thing you know, you can't say no to anybody right. because you don't want to feel guilty. You don't want to feel like you've left somebody alone. Um, you know, the next thing I would say is after losing our peace in those ways that we've talked about is losing our joy. You know, I mean, think about how many times we started off doing things and we're like, man, I really love serving the parish in this way, or I really love doing this for my kids. But then all of a sudden we lose our joy because you know, things that would normally bring that to us are now just something else that you have to do in a long list of things, right? Mm-hmm. I used to love watching my kid play soccer, but now I signed him up for basketball and football and wrestling and soccer all at the same time. And I've got two other kids that are over signed up on all this stuff. And now I'm running them all around places and I don't get to enjoy anything because I'm, by the time I drop this one off, I'm running over here to take this one here. And by the time I circle back, I've missed all of it, right? I've just basically become a chauffeur. And then, you know, it's time to get home, do homework, but everybody goes to bed. There's no family conversation. There's no real time together. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the things that brought us joy now have just become another thing in our life. I, I can remember when I started saying yes to a lot of this stuff in ministry, stuff that God's been blessing my life with. It was just that overzealousness to say yes to every conference, to every interview. To If I don't say yes to this stuff, then the message isn't going to get out there. And the next thing you know... I started losing joy in the things I was doing, right? Like, oh, I got to do another podcast this week, or oh man, I got to do another interview. And that's something I never wanted to feel in my life. But it's what happens to us naturally when we start to say yes to too many things. We start to be run down. We start to be tired. We It's just another thing. We never have downtime. And we look at this as just like, man, this is just another thing. And it's no longer some joyful thing that we enjoy doing for the Lord. 
So that's one of the things that, that, that helps us lose our joy. We also become consumed with checking off items on a list instead of enjoying just, you know, enjoying doing them. And I mean, that's another way of just saying what I, what I just said. But, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's that burnout again, you know, that I'm trying to get to here is that we, we burn, you know, we get burned out and everything then becomes a burden or something that we're dreading. And, and that's a terrible place to be in when something was beautiful and it was something you enjoyed. It was something maybe the Lord led you to. And now because you've said yes to too many other things, the one thing you were supposed to be doing, the one thing you loved is now something you, you despise or, or don't look forward to anymore because you've, you've overcomplicated your life. Right. Well, we also tend to exhaust ourselves to where we have, like you said, the lack of joy is gone. But also we get to the point where we're relying on our own what? our own strength right which yep. we, we 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 know as soon as we get to that point we rely on our own strength nothing's ever going to work because we're, we're we're so busy we're not praying we're not really spending time in front of the eucharist or any sense of adoration because we can we convince ourselves that i need to be here these people need me therefore um i'll do that another time another, another day and what happens we kind of kick that can down the road to where we we kind of are so separate from him sometimes because we're so busy on doing the fulfillment we t- said we we're going to promise to do. What, what do we do? You said burnout, right? Yeah. And that affects many things around ourselves as well. Sure. You know, and that's exactly where I was going next is like your spiritual life suffers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing I've realized is, is a lot of days, you know, I'd sit there and I feel so guilty. It was like, I didn't really pray today. I didn't really, but I did this, you know, I'm, I built conferences today for people that will get to know Jesus through them or I built a podcast or I did videos for the narrow road or I wrote the narrow road or whatever it was that day. And I'd go, that was enough. I did enough for God today. And what happens is when we get so busy and so occupied with all of these things, when we're doing instead of being right, being present to God, then we start our spiritual life suffers. You know, usually people find themselves losing track of things that really matter, their prayer life, their time in scripture, their time with their family, relationships with others. That has suffered in my life at times because I've gotten so caught up in this has got to be done. This has got to be done. This has got to be done. I got to serve God in all these ways or, 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 or things are just going to fall apart. God doesn't ask us that of us, mm-hmm. right? He wants, he would rather have us instead of doing a podcast or reading something or whatever it is, he would rather have us sitting down, praying with him talking to him in scripture, right? Hearing his messages in scripture, um, you know, spending time with our family and our kids. And what happens often or not is these things go by the wayside because it's just a list of to do's. And it's, there's never any peace in that because it's a never ending list. We can keep adding and adding and adding. And at the day we might be able to beat our chest and say, man, all these people look at me and see me doing all these things and think I'm this great Catholic. Now, whatever reason is that we're doing all this, it's robbing us of our spiritual life. And as we know, and we've talked about so many times, everything we're able to do in the spiritual life is it comes and flows through the grace of God. It's not of our own doing. So if we start cutting, doing so much activity, we start doing, 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 and we're not being, we're not being present to the Lord in these ways, all that we're doing anyway isn't going to be fruitful because we're not, we're not being powered and strengthened through the grace of God. And it's just going to be a bunch of stuff we're doing. We're checking the box. It's, we're showing up physically but not mentally and not spiritually and that's no good to anybody especially our families right like that's that's the thing is our, our families suffer the most you know there was a time when i was going almost five nights a week you know i was Angel, i gotta go do this i gotta go to Crescio. i gotta go to study group i gotta go to uh this fisher's thing or whatever it is and almost every night i look back and i'm like man i've been home two nights this week and then i had a trip planned for a conference this weekend 
and I'm not being a dad. I'm not leading my kids. Angel's having to do everything at home. Like, how is this? How does God want this? God wants me to live in my vocation, which is a father and a husband first and foremost. And if stuff like this and, and becoming overcommitted is taking away from that, then we need to really look at what we're doing in our life. Uh, it also opens us up to pride, right? We try to keep up with the Joneses. If I'm not involved with everything, then people will think that I don't love Jesus enough, right? Or, or if my kids aren't in every club, you know, sport event, then, then I'm not a good parent because all these other kids' parents are able to do this. Why can't I? We tell us these things and they allow us to overcommit ourselves and we wind up in a bad place again. So who was the Jethro in your story? Who, who kind of came to you and said, slow down, brother? <laughs> oh, there was a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was, you know, Deacon Jeff has always been uh, good at that in my life. Uh, you know, Ryan Foley's been good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Bishop at one time. I mean, there's been different people that God yeah. sort of sent in my life to say like, hey, slow down there. You know. Uh, <laughs> so we've all heard <laughs> you know, it speedo. from somebody. <laughs> right. Well, I, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I've heard it from my own wife. Sure. Who's the commitments as well. And that's the thing, the guys who are listening right now, guess what? They may be having someone telling them right now exactly what to, what to do. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And, and, and it's, look, when we start to do all that stuff and it opens us up to, to that pride, like I talked about what we were just saying, we begin to convince ourselves that our love for Jesus is proven by how much we are doing, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's really what it gets down to. And that's a bad place to be in because Jesus doesn't ask that of you. As we talked about you know, in our insecurity episode last week, we talked about actually being, um, really being conscious of the fact that we're enough because God says we're enough, right? We're worthy because God says we're worthy. When we're trying to like fill our schedules with all these things and fill our weeks with all these things to prove to Jesus that we love him, he doesn't ask that of us. And all it does is we're really falling into the trap of the devil. That's where the devil wants us, is too many things can be a bad thing, right? We stretch ourselves so thin that we can't do anything well. We become mediocre. And that's really what, what where a lot of people find themselves, is, is they think, well, if I just keep doing all this stuff, right, then then nobody can doubt. And I can't. And really what they're saying is I can't doubt anymore mm-hmm. my love for Christ. I'm proving it by my actions every day. Now, look, we do need to live our faith. But the things we need to do are really is to find what God is asking of you. And we're going to talk about that in a minute with some of the solutions to this, this, this um, overcommitment that we have in our life a lot of times and our, our overcommitting. Um, you know, and, and, and it's just we have to realize that God, anxiety, stress, or the stealing of our peace, the stealing of our joy, that doesn't come from God. He wants the opposite of all of that, right? He wants us to be peaceful. He wants us to be joyful. He wants us to to be living well in our vocation and in the things that we're doing for him. But a lot of times we 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 don't do that because it's the devil. We fall into the trap that it's God wanting us to do more, but it's actually the devil. So let's talk here about some solutions. You know, we never want to leave you with just all the problems and you know dump all the <laughs> all the mm-hmm. bad things on you. Right. So look, the first thing I would say is slow down, right? Take an inventory of all the things you've said yes to, and then start to look at them and say, what do I really need to, to remove from my life? What's necessary, what's not? You know, what we're talking about here is discernment. Discernment is the key. You have to ask yourself questions, you know? First of all, like, what is God actually asking of me? Make sure you're following his will and not your own. So many times we jump into things, we never stop when somebody says, hey, will you do this? We never stop and say, 
God, do you want me to do this? Mm-hmm. Right? No, we just go, it's a good thing. I got to do it, right? If, 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 if I say no, it they're going to have somebody like else. sounds like God wants me to do this. Right, yeah. right. And that's what the devil wants. He right. wants to present all these opportunities so that you say yes to everything and you're no good to anybody. So we have to like stop and say, is God actually asking this of me? And make sure that you're following his will and not your own. That's why praying to him in the morning and saying, may your will be done. Align my will to yours is so important in this life. You know, what is my gifting? First of all, what should I be doing? What am I good at? What does it seem like my spiritual gifts are? You know, is it prophecy? Is it service? Is it, like, what is it? Paul lists all these spiritual gifts. Look at those and go find them, look them up and say, what, am, what is my gift? And how can that gift best be used? Because the Lord wants your best, right? And you're, he's never going to get your best when you're trying to do everything. So try to identify what gifts has God, has God given me and how am I best suited to serve and grow in a relationship with him and others. So the other thing, is what do I really enjoy doing with the Lord, right? Look and see, what do I enjoy doing? Where do I feel the most at peace afterwards? Like, is it St. Vincent de Paul? Is it, is it coaching kids at my, at my school or parish? Is it, um, you know, cleaning up the church after the services? What is it, right? Is it leading a men's group? Figure that out and, and you'll know because your heart will feel different when you look at what it is. What is it that I feel and enjoy the most with the Lord? And that's what you should be putting your effort into. What best serves my time with my family? That's the last and most important thing. What can I do and still be the husband and father that I need to be to my wife and kids? Or if you're not married, the friend or the son I need to be to my parents, to my siblings, all of that. That's where we need to look. Start asking yourself these questions, right? Don't just say yes to everything anymore because I could tell you from my experience, Victor, I know you're feeling it now. Mm -hmm. You've said yes to a lot of things in our parish and to me here and a lot of different things. If you get that way, you're going to struggle, right? And things are going to fail, like your prayer time, like your spiritual life, your your adoration time, confession, uh, reading scriptures. All these things are going to start going by the wayside, and you're going to start to see all of your evangelical efforts or your service efforts start to falter and start to fade away because it's no longer God's grace that's working through us. It's us trying to do everything and be everything to everybody, and we're always going to wind up at a bad spot. So guys, look, listen to that. Take the advice. If you're struggling with this, overcommitment is always going to be an issue as long as you keep doing it. So you have to take these active steps. It's not. It's one thing to listen to all this and to think, wow, that's a good idea. But the thing is, the Lord wants you to act upon this, right? He wants you to make a decision today and a choice not to do this in your life anymore, whether it is in the spiritual life and in the church and those things, or whether it's just the secular everyday activities with your job or with your kids and things like that. You have to make a decision and you need to make one today. So guys, again, overcommitment's always gonna be a problem in your life until you make the decision to ask the Lord what he wants of you and to trust in that and to do that. You're gonna be a lot better off. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we live in a world that tells us our productivity in the spiritual life is based on how busy we are. By buying into this lie, we begin to overcommit and lose sight of our vocation in our spiritual life. Help us to slow down to discern what is of you and what is not. And Father, whenever we feel like we're not doing enough to prove our love for you, remind us that that is a lie of the devil. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.